0: Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.
1: As usual, uh, we're here every uh, every week live. I'm Les Jackson. The other guy is Fred Staub. You know us, uh, and of course, we always have uh, you know stuff to tell you about what's going on in the industry. It's as I guess uh, chaotic as the kind of every everything in the world is at the moment, but uh, we'll sort it out.
0: Yeah, we sure will, Les, and we've got a a great hour of uh, information for you. Selling fewer vehicles and making more money. One manufacturer did that last year. Is this the future of the auto industry? You and I will talk about this. I think we might be looking into the future here.
1: Hmm. Supply and demand. Oh well, uh, Mercedes says uh, it's autonomous cars. If your autonomous Mercedes crashes, they'll accept the blame. Um, hmm. Meanwhile, over at Tesla, where they they
0: don't <laughs> accept the blame.
1: Yeah, uh, it's all your fault. Yeah. So we'll we'll tell you about it.
0: Yeah, and then Polestar, a brand we don't talk about a lot. It is the. Performance no. version uh, brand of uh, Volvo all electric. Well, they have a much more affordable model that is less expensive than Tesla. Which one would you buy, Les Jackson?
1: I know which one I'd buy. <laughs> uh, however, we'll, 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 you know, we'll get to that. Uh, meanwhile, automotive plants around the country are closing again and uh, in one case it's not because of the chip shortage just what we need another reason
0: uh is a pretty unique reason and i think it's one uh, cool. that's kind of near and dear to your heart but we'll we'll talk about that and we're going to talk tech less expensive carbon fiber from leftover goop it could happen goop less goop one of your favorite uh, words
1: I, I've I've invested heavily in Goop over the years. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have lots of it, and uh, plus, some say strange noises are coming from the Kia's EV6. Now, what do you suppose that is?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll talk about this because uh, I think that's one of the things that. Uh, Have you ever ridden a motorcycle and you're driving along on the highway and you hear cars creaking and that you could just hear? I think people are going to hear a lot of things in cars that they've never heard before with electric car because it's it's analogous to being in a car that's being towed. I've done that, been towed or pushed, and it's a different experience. It's Uh, strange. It's strange. So uh, I think maybe that's what's going on here. But we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred. He is Les. We are here to bring you on a ride around the automotive industry. So stay tuned to Cruise Control. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. We'll be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com.
1: Cruise Control. Welcome back. Welcome back to Cruise Control. Well, we uh, we thought that uh, basic economics uh, always dictates supply and demand. <laughs> it turns out that's not true. No. Um, because Volkswagen... Has learned, as other companies have, that you can sell fewer vehicles and make more money, <laughs> which is true. The dealers, because they're stacking charges uh, on what they have, but right, it's true for the for some of the companies.
0: Yeah, Volkswagen uh, sold a lot less cars, uh, and they made a lot more money. And I think this is what we're going to see. Now there was a, somebody said that the future of the automotive industry is used cars and very, very expensive high end cars that are probably never bought their least. Uh, And I think that might be the way they're going. You know, we've seen with the chip shortage that priorities were given to the higher profit vehicles, the big trucks, Mm -hmm. the big SUVs, um, And it's very hard to find a vehicle for $30,000 or even $35,000 nowadays. Um, It's going to get harder as we move to electric vehicles, if they do promise to bring us inexpensive vehicles. Manufacturers like Tesla have, have promised that. They never really succeeded. GM did it for a little while with the Bolt, but there were other issues there they're talking about things like um, the Equinox EV for 30,000 but i think this may be the future of the of the auto industry the prices they have no problem with showing prices 70, 80, 90,000 where we, that would have been very high end vehicles not that long ago just four or five years ago. Yeah.
1: I, I tend to disagree a little bit okay. with, with that, only because uh, the, the public has been buying 17 million vehicles a year for several years. And it the production's been down the last two. The demand is still there. You know, we're, we're having more people. More people are getting of driving age. So if it was just one company limiting the, the vehicles they produce, it would work. Um, but there are 30 companies, and they're competing with each other, and somebody's going to make more vehicles.
0: Somebody, so, you think they will continue to sell vehicles that are in the twenty to $35,000 sure, range? Sure, because which- there's a
1: demand for them. And somebody's going to meet that demand, which will make everybody else uh, wanting to do it. I I just think it'll shake out. It's interesting. But Uh, I've been wrong.
0: uh, You know, you'd look at the Volkswagen uh, van, the ID Buzz. There's some talk this this may be a $70,000 product. Ooh. Um, and I think, my, I think that people will just be happy allocating, if they have it, 500 to $700 a month for a vehicle. Almost like a cable television subscription. Yeah, just um, a
1: continuous uh, outlay.
0: Yeah, and the idea of owning a new car, uh, especially one that will be very popular, uh, may go by the, by the by. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many people can afford to buy things outright. I mean, many people, you know, you see the younger folks not buying expensive cars, and they live for the car. They're car poor, you know? That's true. <laughs> um, well, I,
1: I do believe that the future of car buying for the average person is leasing. Okay. I just don't think it makes sense to, to buy a car if you're middle class.
0: It may may not. And, you know, as cars change and new things happen very quickly, you're not locked in. You're only locked in for three years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it will be – it will no longer be the pride of ownership per se. Um, So it's interesting. What will that do to the used car market? Well, people will get theoretically – quality off-lease products that are only three years old, probably well-optioned. That's the other trend in this article that we're talking about. That's right. People don't buy base model cars anymore. And it's one of the problems. If we were to go out and buy a car, we would not buy a base model car anymore because we like the heated seats. We like the heated steering wheel. We like navigation. We like upgraded stereos. I mean, let's face it. Uh, you and I have driven so many cars that we probably wouldn't take a base car. But and we
1: get we get very spoiled when you know I actually complain when I get into a press car and I say, "Oh, the Sirius XM isn't isn't uh,
0: activated." Activated. Yeah. <laughs> just, we're terrible. You know? But hey, we'll, it, we'll be spoiled. right back after this. Stay tuned. welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine, cruisecontrolradio.com. Check out our Facebook page. We've got some interesting posts up there uh, showing off the uh, Equinox EV. They call it a teaser video, but <laughs> unless they show the whole vehicle, so I don't know how that's a teaser video. Also, uh, there's a cool documentary coming up um, on the History Channel tomorrow. If you're around to check it out, it, and we talk a lot about testing vehicles and developing vehicles. Well, it looks at mm-hmm. how uh, GM did that with the Hummer EV. So we have uh, a little bit of a trailer up there on our Facebook page that you can check it out. And while you're there, give us a like. and We appreciate that. And uh, yeah, Cruise Control Facebook page. Head on over there and, and check it out. And we got links uh, to all of that, too, on our uh our, uh, Facebook page and uh, also uh, all around our social media uh, so we appreciate it if you do that um, so we were talking a little bit about the future of the automotive industry and how leasing cars will become a bigger thing how cars are getting much more expensive um, how it will basically be high-end vehicles potentially and then just um, used vehicles quality used vehicles and and kind of the inexpensive vehicle will go by the wayside because you won't be able to buy it new and the used vehicles will be these well-equipped expensive models that have uh have come off of lease but there's another trend i think that we might see and uh i i was struck by this article Struck is probably a weird name, (laughs) weird thing to (laughs) say, but um, this was a Carbuzz article, and it says Mercedes will take the blame for autonomous driving crashes. So it is uh, officially titled the Mercedes-Benz Drive Pilot. The system is level three automated driving assistant. It it first debuted in Germany in December of 2021 in the new S-Class. But uh, they are paving the way for this Level 3 autonomous system to reach U.S. shores by the end of the year. Uh, And what it would do, the system operates at speeds below 40 miles per hour on predetermined highway routes, and the car is fully responsible for speed, steering, and braking in traffic, similar to Tesla's autopilot. But the decision here, the, the difference here is, if your vehicle gets into an accident while using this system, Mercedes will, will take the blame. They're, they're already saying they will take the blame. Meanwhile, over at Tesla, there was another accident in France, and uh, they're not taking the blame for that one. But, uh, no, they never do. They never do. So they're not, they're not doing that. But uh, here's my takeaway from this. And Ford has talked about this. I believe the auto industry will become a player if they don't take over the auto insurance industry for new cars. So you'll buy a new vehicle, and the insurance will be coupled into the pricing of the vehicle uh, maybe for the first three years. Uh, And and this will be a revenue stream for them, and they'll say it's easy. You You buy a new vehicle. We got the insurance all set. Uh, it's a coverage, you know, a, a coverage program. Maybe they bundle it in with maintenance and roadside assistance. And I think they want to move into that field and, and make some money with this. And uh, it also would mean that uh, it would be a lot easier for them to take, uh, you know, take the, uh, the blame for autonomous vehicles if they're insuring it themselves. I think this is something we will see. And uh, it's just another revenue stream, like, like they're going to do data mining in cars, where you go, uh, things you stop at. Um, it's, it's more of a, a profit center for them, and it's one way for them to offset the development of electric vehicles. What do you think? Yeah. What say you, Fine Sir? I've,
1: I'm inclined to agree with that. I'm sure they would come up with the same insurance levels, depending on your risk. right. Uh, but it does make sense that, uh, first of all, the insurance would would be cheaper mm-hmm. because you're cutting out uh, multi-level insurance industries from from sales to everything else, um, and and uh, of course, uh, you know when when everyone who owns a Mercedes, for instance. Uh, gets their insurance. It's going to cost less money.
0: And you think about it, this is, of course, the example of this is, they do financing for for years, and that's sure. how they made money. Why wouldn't they say, hey, we'll finance it, we'll insure it, um, and you know, it's a great mm-hmm. way to be insured by because you have this new technology here, you know, and and they'll also data mine, and there are revenue streams after the sale revenue streams. Won't just be the, you know, the concern of dealers looking just to get service. It will be that you, the the manufacturer will have a direct connection to you. And uh, imagine if they gave you something like insurance for three years with the purchase of your vehicle. That would be a big sa- savings. Or That'd maybe be nice. Maybe they yeah. did it for it would cost you over a thousand a year, and they say, I tell you what, we'll do the first three years, full coverage for $500. How would that be? Oh, man. Would, you wouldn't mind paying MSRP then if you got that? Well, no, you, you, you wouldn't. Because you're getting the discount. But um, I think this is, this is certainly the future. More revenue streams beyond it. Uh, I, it could get into anything. I mean, it could get into uh, driveway service uh, from, uh, from a uh, manufacturer, uh, anything like that you know i, I think uh, i think you will see this and uh it's it's another change of the auto industry so let's move on to some new well not so new models but more affordable models from the brand Polestar of course Polestar is the performance uh version of Volvo these are all electric vehicles and uh there are some EV deals at out there now, Polestar debuted the single motor Polestar two, and it costs thirty three thousand four hundred dollars in some states like New Jersey. Uh, now they have a deal in New Jersey: the rear wheel drive uh, model will be actually uh, less than um, less than the uh, well, actually it's a little bit more than the Tesla. It's forty five thousand nine hundred. Where a rear-wheel-drive Model Three starts at forty-two thousand six ninety, but uh, you you get three more miles of range. Um, I think uh, I think they're they're going to make some believers in this in this model and in this uh, in this brand. What do you think, Les?
1: I think if you drive uh, look at and drive a Polestar versus the Tesla you're going to be more much more impressed with the Polestar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's fit and finish is you know state of the art. Um driving characteristics I'm sure uh suspension are I'm sure are better.
0: You know it's safe. Uh, it's a Volvo
1: product. You know it's safe and you know uh again uh, you know, I, I don't deliberately want to badmouth Tesla all the time, but the fact is they're, they're just not as good as, as all the other vehicles out on the streets.
0: Yeah. Uh, I definitely would opt for something like this. And I think, uh, you know, there, there's going to be more head-to-head vehicles that will go up against Tesla. And I think it's a good thing. I really do. Oh, absolutely. Just like the industry has always done. Yeah, uh so we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I look forward to getting into a pole store. I have not driven a pole star yet. Have you I haven't either. I,
1: I really I'm
0: I'm looking for for one in the fleet. Oh look, it's a sedan too. So that's nice. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> I wonder um, if you have to learn how to drive that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those non-SUV things. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Well, there you have that on the story on Polestar. When we come back, we're going to tell you about automotive plants around the country and the world are closing. And it's not all because of the chip shortage. And we're going to talk tech. Less expensive carbon fiber from Goop. Goop, one of Les Jackson's favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll be right back with Cruise Control after this. Stay tuned. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.
1: Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. I'm Les. He's Fred. Uh, we're not closing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good news. But
1: apparently everyone else in the industry is Uh, For various reasons, Uh, you know, I mean, the chip shortage is bad enough. Well, now we're getting weird stuff.
0: Well, let's start with uh, this car, the Corvette. Uh, That has has seen production problems, uh, well, since the beginning of the C8. And now there are more delays on the way. Uh, They said they should prepare, people with uh, vehicles ordered should prepare For more delays, Uh, first off, you can't get the magnetic ride control option. It was temporarily removed from the list of options Mm -hmm. because of chip shortage. Then uh, there was a complete halt to production. According to Automotive News, I believe last week, uh, due to catastrophic supply chain constraints, there were front and rear spoilers that were not available tire pressure sensors that were not available uh last year by the way Chevrolet was able to sell 33,041 Corvettes which is a 53% increase over 2019 uh but now people just can't get them and uh wow you, you know and I would venture a guess that they'll probably be closing the 2022 order banks if they have not done so already and uh, moving on to 2023 i wonder how many people ordered a 2021 got pushed to 22 and might get pushed to 2023 what do you think
1: (laughs) i i'm sure it's thousands yeah um but you know what it's a heck of a car
0: worth waiting for worth waiting for
1: yeah, it is. Um, I, see, I see actually a fair number of them on the road.
0: Well, over at Mazda, they've had to close their productions, uh, their per- factories. And this is actually due to getting parts from Ukraine because uh, hmm. they can't get parts for that. Uh, Mazda announced it would be stopping operations at two facilities in Japan, uh, Hiroshima and Yamaguchi. Uh, they put together the Mazda MX-5 Miata, the CX-5, and the 124 Spider range for Fiat, which, by the way, I like better than the uh, than the Mazda. I do
1: too. I, I think it looks better. It drives better.
0: Yeah. Uh, yep. The plant. They say the plant will be shut down April 4th and 5th. It lacks components needed for assembly. It didn't say what plants, what parts they were short on. Uh, but well, if they're if they're
1: coming from the Ukraine, I think you can pretty well cancel those
0: parts. I think they build a lot of wiring harnesses in the Ukraine, if I remember hmm. correctly so uh, so that is closed up and then uh so two of those uh, uh plants were closed for shortages of parts but uh then there was another one where a Mercedes plant was closed. Because a leopard got inside of it. (laughs) That's interesting, isn't it? Well, um, you know, I love cats, Um,
1: and I would, you know, I would welcome a leopard. uh,
0: (laughs) Not in in the workplace, though. Yeah, I don't. But I,
1: but I think a fair number of people would be (laughs) running out the doors.
0: Yeah. Um, This happened. Where did this happen? uh in India, I believe. And they're responsible for producing cars like the S class. It was uh it was closed for a full four hours uh due to a three year old male leopard finance way into the manufacturing uh section of the plant. It's a beautiful looking uh cat. Well I would much rather have a leopard uh than
1: than a 12 foot cobra
0: <laughs> right i yeah i mean uh, the leopard i think probably was like where am i someone someone said in the comments that he was checking on his, if his car was built <laughs> he's waiting on it it's th- like is that mine <laughs> I, th-
1: I think he was probably tasting some of the leather seats probably
0: yeah and i i pretty much if the leopard says you know i like that saddle leather interior and i'm going to chew on the uh, head restraint he would be like, yeah, go ahead, and knock yourself out. It's all, it's all good. But uh, it was a hundred acre plant in uh, in in India, and this uh, this animal got in there. So, but uh, the good news is they tranquilized him and moved him to somewhere safe. Where he'll be re- checked out and released. So that's good news. Um, but uh, just a kind of an interesting reason to shut down a plant. Uh, but uh, it is. When do you think the chip shortage will end? I mean, I think we've been talking about this for quite some time now.
1: Yes, Uh, by by, I am told by late in the year it's going to be leveled off, and then it'll take up to six months next year to catch up.
0: So we're going to see dealers charging over MSRP for a while. Yeah. Uh, I wonder yeah. how, when it is over and inventory is back up to normal standards, or at least making its way to normal standards, how soon will dealers say, you know, yeah, okay, we're going to go back to at least selling at MSRP? I, I have a feeling they don't want to go back to that, and they won't.
1: They don't. <laughs> they uh, they've, they've been talking about this at dealer meetings. They don't. Yeah. But. They'll have to because, again, the manufacturers are going to make the vehicles.
0: So somebody will sell it for less. And if you don't sell it for less.
1: What's going to happen is they're going to lose their ability to dominate sales. And you and I will be able to buy directly from the manufacturers.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little tech. And this involves a word you love so much part of your vernacular goop goop (laughs) Goop. right so uh of course we all know about carbon fiber we all know about vehicles uh they want to lightweight them we were talking last hour about uh, chrysler switching to a straight uh six uh with an aluminum block to move away from a cast iron block v8 lightens it up by 200 pounds. Everyone wants to get the weight out of cars, but they want them to be strong. They want them to be safe when they are crash tested. But uh, carbon fiber has been the thing of exotics. Uh, It is certainly race car technology that has been brought down to passenger cars, but only high-end passenger cars. And the problem is it's very expensive. Uh, You know, you look at carbon fiber is probably about 10 to $12 per pound. That's a lot more than steel that is $0.75 cents a pound, or aluminum yep. that is $2 a pound. So scientists are working on a way to build carbon fiber a lot cheaper, bring down that price, and it has to do with uh, something called pitch, which is this goop that is... The, the, the lowest quality material that comes out of refining fuel. And uh, it, yeah, they, design, they call it a hodgepodge of mixed heavy hydrocarbons. It's similar to asphalt. Okay. Similar to asphalt. And so there's a blob of this stuff. Yeah, there's just this and smelly, nasty stuff. And normally they can't get rid of it. They don't know what no. to do with it. Uh, but this company and researchers are talking about turning this into very fine, consistent fibers using a, a polymerization of, process. Right. To create. And it creates
1: polyacrylonitrile, which is uh, like a carbon fiber.
0: Out of waste, basically. Yeah. Right. So. This seems like a smart way to go because what do they do with that waste? How do they get rid of it? Probably burn it. They, they
1: well, they don't burn it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they, they try to basically mix it uh, into asphalt and use it that way.
0: Mm. So I think this, uh, this has some promise. It's a way of, I'm sure they would love to be able to sell off this goop <laughs> to someone and they take <laughs> sure. it away and make it into carbon fiber, uh, because obviously to get the weight down even further on vehicles, carbon fiber is super strong. Um, and to get the weight down, even in, you know, in, if you could knock out another 200 pounds, think of what that would do for electric range, right?
1: Oh yeah. Um, that would really uh, revolutionize, uh, that whole industry.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about some more tech while we're on it, Les, because we love to talk tech here. And I'll t- I'll tie this in to a study, an IIHS study, when we come back. And it, it involves visibility in SUVs. So we'll talk about that when we return Important. on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We'll also talk about strange noises coming from one of – Kia's EV6 models, and uh, that could be something we might experience with electric vehicles, so we'll talk about that. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com Cruise Control
1: Welcome back. Welcome back to Cruise Control. uh, We're doing some talk tech. We've already talked about goop. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the ultimate tech thing, isn't it? I, listen, if you can if you can make goop valuable and, you know, that's it. Yeah. Uh in this case, we uh, you know, there, there's a uh, GM is working on a transparent A pillar. Now, A pillar is the pillar that holds the windshield and holds the door locks or door uh, hinges. Mm-hmm. It's the most important structural
0: uh Item in the car. They've gotten wider too on many cars. Co- they sure have. This could be used on the Camaro. Uh, oh. <laughs> it's got a, like a foot wide a pillar. It's like having a telephone pole in your peripheral vision <laughs> <laughs> if you try to turn. Um, the idea is to have like a window in in the a pillar, right? That yeah, that can you can look through the a pillar and see what's going on there they would have glass which they already have you and i have driven vehicles where the whole roof can go transparent if uh, you know it can automatically um, stop glare it can yep. automatically uh it can defog and de-ice itself uh, and the pillar support could be interwoven with carbon fiber or something similar to add greater robustness for the area where this window is. Maybe they could use goop-based carbon fiber. What do you think?
1: Uh, well, possibly. Remember, though, the A-pillar has to support the roof and a rollover and everything else. So this, this clear
0: A-p- A-pillar has to be incredibly strong. Incl- incredibly strong. Now, you couple this with a uh, IIHS study Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, they're saying pedestrians are at, are at higher risk when SUVs are cornering because you cannot see them. Wouldn't, wouldn't a window in the A-pillar be handy yep. to help with that? Um, so this seems like, I think we will start seeing these things pretty quickly. Um, they'll be stylistic. Maybe it's like, it doesn't have to be super wide. It It might be like a... You know, instead of just body color, there will be some kind of glass or maybe on the outside it will just look black. But you can see through it. Right. Yeah. Um, Which uh,
1: I don't know how they'll eliminate distortion, but the fact that you can just see through it, it gives you some chance of seeing something in your way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I thought about that by the way getting back to the study that I find a lot of people that are driving larger SUVs or pickup trucks or something they just can't handle them it's just no. too much vehicle for what they need you know
1: You're right and they you know they drive kind of up like this um and
0: they 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 look
1: uncomfortable while they're driving
0: have difficulty backing it in have to take five attempts at backing into a parking yep. spot even though they've got backup cameras that'll show them yeah perfectly yeah it's just you just don't in many many some people do need it but and maybe you like it that's fine that's it's good but in many cases i find people are in bigger vehicles than than the space that they use you know in small yes. towns and that so inter- interesting technology there of mine. Uh, This is another story. I think we might hear uh, something about this, uh, more about this uh, with other uh, electric cars. This comes from the Korean Car Blog. I know you're a big reader of the Korean Car Blog. Isn't that true, Les? Uh, Yeah, every morning with coffee. Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So um, the Korean Car Blog is reporting that there are People experiencing strange noises coming from the Kia EV6. Now, the Kia EV6 is an affordable, all-electric vehicle, uh, kind of like a small crossover. One driver said, the sound lingers in my ear, and I hear the sound made by the car even in my daily life. Um, And another says, they have to keep music on constantly to avoid the strange noise. Another one says, it's a noise of about 6.3 kilohertz. Obviously, he must have calibrated ears or he has some equipment to, uh, to calibrate that. And it is low frequency, but is high enough to be heard above ambient noise. The only thing I can think of, have you ever experienced this back in the old days of t- tube TVs? Certain TVs would make yes. a high-pitched sound and it would annoy the heck out of me. I couldn't. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. Um, and you know, even if you turned the volume up, it was always there. And I think people might be experiencing this now. Some of these sounds may have been around in cars. We just wouldn't hear it with the engine running. But I, I don't poo-poo this at all because that could be really, really annoying. Um, and oh, would- listen, yeah they probably they could probably mask it somehow um the sound or just locate what's causing it and and you know put uh, change change something in the uh way it's getting power or filter it or something wouldn't you say
1: well they'll have to uh there's uh, sound as as I well know uh because I'm hypersensitive to sound um it's it's it causes a lot of physiological problems with people it can cause depression or anxiety it actually can cause anger um, and um, it's not something to be taken lightly if, if this is bothering people they'll get rid of the car
0: yeah they will get rid of the car because it will just be uncomfortable right now it's time for me to say i'm fred staub i'm les jackson we're gonna see you down the road Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.